0: That we have a Puro Air running in our bedroom, so check it out at getpuroair.com. That's g-e-t-p-u-r-o-a-i-r.com One more time, getpuroair.com. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand, and that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane, I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with Elizabeth Presta about all things regarding a simpler birth plan. Elizabeth is a licensed doula through Dona International and has been practicing since 2013. She is passionate about women's health care and is continually learning. Today, she's here to explain how we can simplify the birth experience, create a simple birth plan, how a doula can help us throughout the process, and some of her suggestions for packing the hospital bag. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews, or just following along on social media. I so appreciate that you're here. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today on The Minimalist Moms podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. I have been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I just love that you interview women with such a variety of topics. That's kind of what I try to do here on the Minimalist Moms podcast. So I'm excited to talk to you today about birth plans and you're a doula. So I can't wait to hear more about that. But before we get into our conversation, I'll just allow you to introduce yourself a little bit more to the listeners.
1: Yeah. So my name is Elizabeth Presta. Uh, I'm a certified birth doula and a certified life coach. I'm a first time mom. My baby girl is eight months old. So I was practicing as a doula. I first started, oh my gosh, let's see, nine years ago, and just kind of dabbled into it. And then I just kind of really realized that that was my passion, was empowering women to have a voice in their births, the more stories that I heard. And so I really started to pursue that more the last couple of years and just have absolutely Loved it and uh, started my podcast as well just to try to get more information out because podcasts are just such amazing platforms to, um, you know, to bring on guests to have great conversations and to spread the messaging that you have. So I've just been doing all things birthing and motherhood the last couple of years.
0: I think that's so amazing. I've been in the delivery room with my sister before and I can see how there's an adrenaline rush, even for me, and I'm not the one giving birth. So I can see just that could be something that you just feel passionate towards, especially because, well, now you're a mom. So I feel like, has that changed in you now that you're a mom? Do you feel even more of a desire to be in there? I
1: don't know if I feel more of a desire to be in there. I do. Um, I'm just finding it harder to leave my daughter right now mm-hmm. um, to be at birth, so I get anxiety leaving her. Um, but once I'm there, I am able to focus on the laboring person. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely given me way more compassion and empathy, um, which I feel like I, I was really good at both of those before, but going through it and I had such a very hard difficult labor. So now when I, when I'm in a birth and there and I see them in pain I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I feel you." Like I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like it's it's definitely given me just a lot more compassion and it's given me more of a drive because of my experience just to empower people to advocate for themselves and to stick up for themselves because I knew what I was getting into and I picked my support team very carefully. So, I knew going into the birth that I was going to feel supported. But if I had been with any other provider, I would have ended up in a c section. The Mm -hmm. doctor tried to put me in a c section, and the midwife stood up for me, and everything was fine. So, me knowing my rights going into it is the only reason that I was able to have a vaginal birth and to have the delivery that I did.
0: Yeah, and I think this is the minimalist mom. So, we talk obviously about minimalism, but I also like to talk to people about intentional living and what that looks like in their life. And I think with creating your own birth plan, it really does take some of that power back that maybe is put on the doctors, which maybe I don't I don't want to say it's right or wrong, depending on what you choose to do with birthing. But I think there is something really empowering and the way that we can just be really intentional about the things that we want or just I know we can't always decide those things in the moment, but at least letting that known to someone that can help us advocate for ourselves when maybe we're not so able to do so.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And I know that like, I know you said like there's really no right or wrong in there, um, but there's never anything wrong with educating yourself. Education is power. So the more educated you are going into anything, the more empowered you're going to feel making decisions and being a part of that. Um, and I know we'll get into some more of the birth plan stuff and why that's important, but I think that you can still be educated and you can still go into your birth plan being like, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to go with the, flow, and that's great. A lot of people go into it like that. Uh, but again, just knowing things like your rights and what, how important informed consent is and, um, just like if different situations arise, like What, what do you really want? And being informed in those situations.
0: No, a hundred percent. Well, actually that kind of segues us into one of my first questions I have for you and it's about just simplifying the birth experience. And I guess what is one of the first steps that we can take in order to create just a simpler birth plan? What does that look like? And then do you think that we tend to overcomplicate it?
1: Um, I don't know if we necessarily overcomplicate it. I think that you can, but one way to kind of create a simple birth plan. Mm-hmm. And I love there's some great formats formats out there that have like different pictures or different things on it. When you have pages of a birth plan that you're bringing with you to a birth, people are not going to look at it. They're not going to be flipping through. They're not going to be reading it. So I always tell people keep it on one page, bullet points and, uh, and have that conversation with your provider beforehand, making sure that they're on board with everything, and then having somebody with you. So whether it's the doula or your spouse, um, just whatever support person with you, they need to know your plan to help remind hospital staff because exactly what you said, when you're in it, you're like, <laughs> I don't know, like I'm, I'm trying to like survive right now. I'm not trying to make decisions. Uh, and sometimes, you know, there can be kind of chaotic things that happen in the birthing room. So having your support person um, know your plan and having talked to them about everything. But when you're coming there with paragraphs, like paragraphs written out, like the nurses have there, I mean, the hospital that I work at, the nurses are amazing. They have such an amazing hospital staff. They have a lot of other patients and you never know, like sometimes they're understaffed or sometimes whatever, like they're trying to like make sure that you're okay. Uh, And they want to do the best that they can for you. But sitting there reading paragraphs just really isn't convenient or, you know, they're not gonna be like, oh wait, did she want this? Let me read this like full report. So I recommend uh, breaking it into sections and just having a few bullet points for each. So during labor, post birth, in case of induction and in case of cesarean and -hmm. just having like a couple of points for each thing. And I think it's important too, to talk to your provider about what's standard practice at your hospital. So there's things on there that you don't have to put on birth plan to kind of keep it more simple so i know the um which this isn't the case actually for most of the hospitals in the united states but the hospital that i work at um birthing with the midwives there it's standard practice to delay cord clamping it's standard practice to put the baby immediately skin to skin and allow them to stay there for an hour and so those are things that you don't have to put on your birth plan if that's something that they already do Um, So just kind of like having those conversations. So you, and that's, it's good for you to know, like, once you have the baby, what are they going to be doing to your baby? What is the hospital policies there? Mm -hmm. And then you can include things you want or things you want to decline or whatever in the birth plan. But putting a bunch of things in there that they already do and already have, it's just, again, kind of taking up more space and nobody's going to sit there and read pages of a birth plan.
0: Yeah. And If I am newly pregnant, or maybe you're pregnant with their second or third or fourth or whatnot, and I want to start diving into a birth plan, and I haven't done that before. Podcasts are a great resource, like you said, but is there a book that you recommend? Or I don't even know where to begin. Um, I would say a book.
1: I would honestly just Google birth plan formats. But most of them, like I said, are like ones that you can print out and fill out, but then they're pages. And so the whole point of a birth plan is to know your options. So maybe you didn't know that delayed cord clamping is an option. Maybe you didn't know that intermittent monitoring is an option uh, because that's something that's really, there's a lot of research and studies on that as well. So looking at the formats, and then you have to basically research each thing to decide what you want. But one of my absolute favorite resources is the Evidence-Based Birth Podcast. And their website and podcast is amazing. So you can look up literally anything. You can look up delayed cord clamping, and they have a whole podcast episode on it. And the reason I love them is because it's completely unbiased. Because if somebody tells you ever, there's no risks with that, that makes me very, very weary like Mm -hmm. if they're like there's no risks to clamping the cord right away or there's no risks to delaying cord clamping because there actually are and you're the one who has to decide whether that's right for you or not so going through and actually researching Uh, I know it takes time, but I mean, you think about it, like we prepared for this podcast episode, you prepare for meetings, you prepare for all different sorts of things in your life. So taking some time to prepare for your birth can be so beneficial because then at least going in again, when decisions are being made, you're a part of that. They're not being made for you. Uh, You're a part of the decision making and you have a say and you know the research. And so you can also be like, you know, these are the risks and the benefits and here is where I stand on
0: it. Yeah, I'll just be honest here. So I'm thinking back to, I have three children and I'm thinking back to my experiences. And for me, I'm the kind of person that I don't wanna know too much because then I'm gonna go down all the paths of like, well, what if this happens? And that that freaks me out. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go with the flow and then whatever happens, I'll make decisions then.
1: I I understand what you're saying. And so here's, I guess, my take on it. So I think that it's still important to like, think of the few things that are like absolutes for you. Like, this is what I absolutely want. So Mm -hmm. even like, let's say you really wanted a vaginal birth. There's things Mm -hmm. to look at. Like, what is the C-section rate of your hospital? If you're birthing at a hospital with a 40% C-section rate, you want to change, you know, just like things like that, because you might not get your favorite doctor. You might not get, you know, like you don't know how things are going to go. And those show a lot about what's going on. And I do have a problem with um, people, I guess, like especially in the unmedicated birthing world and like you need to have this plan and everything. I usually call them birthing wishes because the whole point of it to me is knowing your options, but plans change. No birth is the same. Like I don't know anyone (laughs) whose birth went exactly according to a plan or exactly how envisioned or not mine at all. Like my birth... I definitely wanted to try for an unmedicated birth. I I mean, I've taken so many birthing courses. I've done it all in a doula for years and my birth did not go at all as planned. My daughter was stuck. She was coming out sideways. I had a swollen cervical lip. Mm-hmm. I was in puking all over like for hours. We tried every position, the tub, the shower, everything, and just things were not progressing very well. Mm-hmm. I think. At one point, it was like within six hours, I had dilated two and I was literally throughout that whole six hours crying in pain. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to get that epidural. And I felt empowered making that decision because I know the pros and cons. Yeah, It wasn't like you're going to get that epidural and then these horrible things are going to happen. It's like, no, like studies show, like like I said, everything has risks and benefits, but when you dive into it the majority of the time, the risks are so slim that, you know, like you, you have to make that choice and it's like, okay, is there, it's 0.002% chance of this thing happening. But sometimes you get providers in that use scare tactics, right? That they're going to be like, if you don't do this, I'll take your water breaking for an example. I was at a birth once where her water had broken and the provider was basically pressuring her into getting a C-section because it had been 12 hours and she hadn't progressed very much and he's like if you don't do this your baby's going to get an infection and could die Mm -hmm. when you actually numbers that's so far from the truth like you have up to three days to do it but that also includes a cervical exam so every single time they're going in to check they're putting you at risk for infection. So if they were to just kind of back off, let her body do what it needed to do, she has way more of a timetable. But also again, knowing those exact numbers is 1% a big enough risk for you? It might be for some people. Some people might say, I want a 0% chance. And some people might be like, that's so slim that I'm gonna give my body more time. And then you feel empowered making those decisions so that's why i think you can be go with the flow but maybe have a few absolutes even if it's just i know that my doctor's you know very supportive of vaginal births and i know that my doctor um is very supportive of unmedicated and medicated so i can go as long as i want this way and then if i decide to get that epidural i can so just having those conversations like to me that's the whole point of the birth plan so it you have those conversations with your provider but you can change your mind. And that's why it's so important to have supportive people around you so that they continue to support you. Because after I got the epidural, I was like, this is the best thing in the world. Why would anyone <laughs> ever do it without it? And then afterwards I had regret. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I could have done it. Mm-hmm. I could have done this. And I had my team around me being like, Liz, like, you know that an epidural can be used as a tool And like, you needed it in that moment. You really did. And Mm -hmm. and so again, it gives me that power back of like, holy crap, like my labor was rough. Mm -hmm. And even if it wasn't, like that's still my choice. And I did the best that I could for myself and my daughter in that moment.
0: How does a doula help simplify? You mentioned like, especially at the end when you were having that regret, I feel like that would be so great to have someone who does who is really educated and who has known you throughout this process so how would you say that the doula helps simplify and then how i guess how do we reach out to a doula and what are the pros and cons
1: Mm -hmm. um so i'll start with the pros and cons so i don't think there's any cons (laughs) with having a doula because again it's something that if you research um if you have a doula present your chance of a cesarean decreases by 28%, your chance of uh, spontaneous labor increases, your chance of um, other unnecessary interventions decreases. They actually did a study on women who had a doula present and 20 years later went back and like interviewed them and people who had a support person there had more favorable opinions about their birth and their partner. So we actually help your spouse to make them look like rock star and a hero (laughs) during, during the birth. So, I mean, I think everything's very, very pro there, but how doulas help kind of simplify it is taking some of that legwork out for you. So I'm telling you everything that you need to do um, if you don't have one, but like when I have clients come to me, I basically discuss and I have all the stuff there for them. Like this is the research, it's all here so you don't have to spend hours and hours on your own doing it and helping you come up with that plan very simply, going over it and being like, okay, we can take this off, we can take this off, maybe add this on and clean everything up. Um, And then we bring a lot of the things with us so that you don't have to. So I always tell people uh, to set the mood in the room bring LED candles, put on a Bluetooth speaker, dim the lights, close the shades, and create this calming, relaxing environment because hospitals can be chaotic Mm -hmm. and your body (laughs) um, doesn't like to relax in chaos. Animals um, go into a quiet spot away from everyone in the wild to give birth. And And if something happens, stop, their labor will stop and they will move and continue. And hospitals are kind of this chaotic environment But we bring everything for you to set that tone. Um, And then postpartum wise, going through and helping you kind of go through that process of going through your birth and being at peace with it. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, every single form of birth is a valid option. And not everyone's plan goes accordingly. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for you to know how freaking amazing you are at the end of the day and to have somebody reassure that to you Um, and your partner can but how many times have you had your partner tell you or you tell your partner do this do this do this but then they hear it from somebody else and they're like oh i heard this thing today and you're like i've been telling you that for years like (laughs) how come you didn't listen to me so having kind of that outside perspective of somebody to go over it with you and to kind of help you grieve or to um, just kind of go through that process because birth can be so traumatic. Even if everything was perfect, maybe you didn't know it was going to be like that. So yeah, I'd say that that's really where we come come into the picture. And there's so many ways you can find a doula. You can go on, so I'm certified through Dona, D-O-N-A, international, and you can go on there and look at their website. They have doulas, United States um, or even internationally on there also doula match I believe it's dotnet or org is another one um, and you can find doulas with all different price ranges on there the only thing I would say to look out for is um, certification maybe and experience because you don't technically have to be certified to be a doula um, but that's something that maybe is important to you and maybe not. Maybe it's like this person wasn't certified but she's been doing it for 10 years and my best friend used her and loved her. Um, So there's not like um, a doula regulation type thing that you have to follow. If you are certified, you do have to follow a code of ethics and maintain your certification. So um, doula net though would be a place where you can find them on all different price ranges depending on. And what you can afford also checking with your insurance to see if they will cover one because some places do
0: in 2021 it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness 2020 was interesting so let's just do a mental health check-in how are you really and what do you need right now humans are not meant to keep everything inside it makes us sick and therapy helps but what is therapy exactly it's whatever you want it to be Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is that you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Minimalist Mom listeners get ten percent off the first month at BetterHelp.com/minimalist. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/minimalist. Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tecovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west So, you mentioned the doula. They'll bring things to set the mood, but I also want to talk about just simple things that we should pack for the hospital. What are just main things that you would tell someone to put in their bag as they're preparing? Because I felt like for my first, I prepared a lot more than I needed with my third. So, mm-hmm. what should be maybe an essential on the list in your bag?
1: Well, I think comfortable clothes to wear afterwards, because sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm going to put my yoga pants on. And it's like, you just gave birth, you might not want to and you don't need tons of changes of clothes. So people tend to overpack and I would say just have your two changes of clothes in there. And sometimes people do end up staying longer. So maybe have a backup bag at home that just in case you're staying longer, it's easy for somebody to grab and bring to you. So they're not like going through all of your drawers, maybe just have some extra outfits set out at home in case you end up staying longer that they can bring to you. So I would say just like a couple of bags, see what all your hospital has. I ended up using everything at the hospital. I used their pump, all of their healing products. Like I had my own at home Mm -hmm. and I had packed them, but just you're, you're not thinking about it after birth. You know, you're just like using everything that they have. So I would say just basically the change of clothes. The only thing you really need is clothes for the baby to bring home and clothes for you. And a few layers, especially for your partner, because a lot of times hospitals can be freezing. So a sweatshirt to pull over Mm -hmm. uh, and things like that. Even I know some people pack like breastfeeding pillows and everything like that. I mean, if you really want to, you can, but it's definitely not necessary. You can just ask, can I get a couple extra pillows? That type of stuff does really take up room. So you can really condense it to a small bag. I do say bring snacks because the vending machines at hospitals aren't always great. And the cafeterias aren't always open. Mm -hmm. So snacks that aren't smelly. So if you're in labor and your partner's really hungry and -hmm. just wants to grab something, a snack that's not smelly and snacks for you, Mm-hmm. I know, like after birth, sometimes the meals come at inconvenient times, or you know, you're starving and it's they're not bringing food yet from the cafeteria or whatever. So, making sure that you have snacks on hand and a few random things like a ponytail and chapstick.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh, chapstick for sure. That's a great one.
1: Yeah, a lot of like heavy breathing, your lips yeah. get really dry. But yeah, I mean, you really can minimize it because it can be overwhelming. Like, I read so many lists and I'm like, Am I going on a two-week vacation here? Like, what is happening? And there's clothes that you can rewear. Bring one
0: pair of sweatpants that you can wear the next couple days. Oh, that's what I did. Yeah. I was going to say my essential is a robe. I was just like, this is so convenient for nursing um, mm-hmm. if you're going to nurse. And it was cozy. Mm-hmm. And, I told, and I
1: told my partner where, like, everything was, too. I'm like, just so you know, the chapstick and honey sticks are in this right here. Like, compartmentalizing is very important too. So yeah. how I packed my, I had like a small bag and then a backpack. In the backpack, I had chapstick, honey sticks. Um, everything I needed in labor was in one compartment. I wasn't going to ask him to dig through the suitcase to try to find my chapstick. So kind of having it organized is very helpful.
0: No, that, that's great advice. I hope that this episode is beneficial to people that are having their second or third and want to go down this path this time. I, I Just listening to you talk, I feel like it would be so beneficial, honestly, even if I have a fourth to have a doula in the room with me. So I appreciate you um, sharing all this, but what is a final word of encouragement you may have?
1: Yeah, well, for me, I feel like the most important thing is that you are feeling validated and heard in your experience and by your providers. So whether you choose to have a doula there or not, if you can afford to or not, sometimes that's not even a choice. And and having your support person, your partner, who's going to be there with you on board as well, talking with them through uh, everything. But the biggest thing I think is if you are going to preparing for your next birth, make sure that you're feeling heard at your appointments. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're feeling validated in how you're feeling. Uh, Make sure that your doctor isn't like, oh, yeah, 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 we do that and just dismiss it. And that will set up like a huge tone for your birth. So if you're looking to have a VBAC, make sure you're with a VBAC friendly provider. If you're looking to have a water birth, obviously, then you have to be somewhere that allows these things and that they don't just say that they do, that they actually do. So I want to leave you guys with an acronym to remember, not just for birth, but I mean, you can apply this to like anything medically as well. And it's called BRAIN. So anytime there's anything that comes up, remember the acronym BRAIN, and it's what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are the alternatives? What is my intuition telling me? And what happens if we do nothing? And I don't want to forget that intuition part because you live in your body 24 seven. And providers are great at what they do. (laughs) Like I cannot perform surgery. I cannot, I don't deliver babies. Mm -hmm. Providers are trained and amazing at what they do but they see the same things over and over and you know your body. So listening to that, even with you um, being like, no, I need the epidural now. Mm -hmm. And and that was the right choice for you because like you said, like, who knows, maybe if you didn't, the baby, like epidurals actually do help you relax and help the baby come out faster sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that could have been exactly what your body needed. Mm -hmm. So that nurse being like, no, 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 you could do it. And be like, (laughs) look. This is what I need right now. And don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. You can ask, you can switch providers at 36 weeks. You can ask for a new nurse, ask to see the charge nurse and be like, listen, I need a new nurse. And if you don't feel comfortable, make sure that your partner or whoever is there
0: yeah. is
1: comfortable doing that for you. Um, so, I mean, I just want to say that. I mean, again, all forms of birthing are very valid and however you become a mom Mm -hmm. is valid and you are amazing because motherhood is a trip and it is so hard and you are absolutely amazing for taking that path.
0: That's a great word of advice. Well, Elizabeth, where can listeners find you if they want to connect and listen to your podcast?
1: Yeah, so you can find me at Esandos on Instagram and my podcast is called Miraculous Mamas.
0: Perfect. Well, we are going to ask two quick final questions. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week?
1: Oh my goodness. So one thing that I've been simplifying is my closet. Does that count as an answer?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm doing, yeah. How's that going for you?
1: Good. I mean, it's been a slower process, but, um, I've, I mean, I've gotten rid of like eight garbage bags of clothes, which I didn't even know there was eight garbage bags of clothes in there. And then my closet was still full. So it's like, holy crap, you had a lot of organizing to do. And I'm excited actually to get rid of more. There's like such a good feeling when you start to kind of purge things. And then you're like, what else can I get rid of? Like, we don't need this. We don't need this. So yeah, I feel like I'm starting to get on a roll here because it's something that is long overdue
0: it's nice to really curate that closet to things that fit you, that you love, that you feel good in, because I think it really simplifies getting ready each day. I know that the majority Mm -hmm. of my closet, I look decent. in, (laughs) So it just, it makes it so much easier. All right. My last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be in regards to simplicity, but it also can just be something that you love talking about.
1: Birth. <laughs> I, anytime I get the chance to just like talk about birth with people, I absolutely love it and advocating for your rights because for me, it goes so much further than birth. Because if you're not listened to in your birthing experience, you kind of take that into motherhood. Like you're doubting yourself in birth and then you're doubting yourself in motherhood. You're doubting yourself, you know, in bigger decisions in life. But mm-hmm. just advocating for yourself in health in general, I've just heard a lot of stories and I think it's just so important to push for yourself and getting the help that you need, um, whether it's mental health or physical health. So once I get on a roll with that, I just like go down a huge rabbit hole of again, like even insurance and access. And you know, it's like, hey, these things really benefit you, but most people can't afford them, but insurance doesn't cover them. So how is this like even helpful? So um, just everything kind of in that realm, I could just talk for days about.
0: Yeah. Well, no. And again, you have such a wonderful podcast with just so many different guests that present so many different options of information. So I t- highly recommend them coming over to the miraculous mamas podcast. And I appreciate you for coming onto my show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. What did you think of the episode? Have you used a doula in the past or have you written your own birth plan? Like I said, in the conversation, even if you haven't done this previously, maybe it's something you consider as you have your second, third, fourth and baby. I'd love to know your thoughts. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.